The scripture has already been read in your hearing coming from 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter, verses 12 through 14. And I want to focus on that 14th chapter for just a few moments uh, uh, this morning. And it simply says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, he said, Then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal the land. And for a subject uh, for this day, it's simply the antidote for healing in the midst of chaos. If you were to take a look uh, around you, I I'm sure we would all agree that the world is full of chaos. Do I have a witness? I, I need some folks to talk to me. And if you talk to me to the truth, we'll get on out of here. And, and everywhere we turn, whether it's uh, the television or whether it's social media, whether it's in our homes or at our front door, maybe it's in our communities or even in the sanctuaries in which we worship, there always seems to be some chaos. Do I have a witness? Uh, chaos, uh, as I see it, can be physical, it can be mental, uh, it can be emotional or psychological or even spiritual. Uh, let's see if I can call the roll for just a moment this morning. Uh, senseless killings, if you will, uh, systemic racism and social injustice and oppression on every hand and fires and hurricanes. Uh, COVID-19, come on somebody, is destroying lives daily and the government is a joke and loss of jobs have become commonplace uh, and the opioid epidemic is still killing folks daily. It appears as though there is no answer to the social ills that plague God's people. Um, there seems to be no end to the earthly dilemmas we see and possibly live in day in and, and day out. And, and on top of that, um, we have some of us who call ourselves blood-born believers, help me Holy Ghost, uh, who have turned their backs on God as they have either forgotten or haven't learned that we are the church and not the building in which we worship or wish we serve. I wish I had one witness out there. Uh, they have forgotten or maybe they haven't learned that we've been commanded uh, through the great commission found in Matthew 28 to go ye therefore uh, into all nations, uh, which means to get outside of the four consecrated walls and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, compelling all who will to turn to Almighty God. Uh, you know, it's gotten so bad, my brothers and my sisters, that that. Folks are walking around here diagnosed with spiritual malnutrition. Uh, and before long, we become spiritually dead if God's Word is not lived out in the lives of His people. No matter what its category, to me it's all chaos. Uh, and chaos has a way of finding itself in the hearts and in the minds and the souls of so many that it's a wonder how we've survived for so long. Uh, so many people are operating on their own recognizance uh, that one day they may begin to wonder if there will ever be a sense of order in this world in which we live. Uh, has God forgotten about his people? Uh, have we forgotten, my brothers and sisters, uh, our true purpose for being here? Uh, have we forgotten the one that gave his only son for a ransom for our souls? Uh, and can we answer the question as to why 
So many of God's people are not receiving their healing. Well, I've come by uh, for just a few moments today to, to let you know that there is an antidote for healing in the midst of chaos. When we look at um, the text uh, this morning, we hone in on God's response to a prayerful request for the presence of God by the children of Israel. But before I, I get too far in this text, I, I want to go in and take a look at Solomon for just a moment. Is that all right? Uh, but you see, when we reflect on the previous chapters, four through six, we find that Solomon had been very busy. Uh, uh, you know, he was on a mission, so to speak. And Solomon constructed a great temple that was to become the literal house of God. And, and not only did he construct a beautiful temple, but he also constructed his home at the, at the same time, and both were of sheer elegance fit for a king. And the temple was a place where Solomon had assembled the elders of Israel and all of the heads of the tribes, the, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Jerusalem to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And then we Fast forward to the beginning of this chapter because we find not only was Solomon building, but Solomon was also praying. Do I have a witness? Uh, uh, he was an avid prayer warrior. How many prayer warriors do we have in the house today? Uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, we, 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 we want to look at how Solomon, when he finished praying, um, the text said that fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That's a shout all by itself. I'm going to go back to this in just a moment, but in the meantime, Israel had been mixing and mingling between godliness and idolatry for years. They had one foot in, my brothers and sisters, and they had one foot out, as they didn't want to submit to something bigger, badder, and bolder than they were, or at least so they thought. And here is the kicker. God had just had about had enough of their tomfoolery. You see, the health of the nation was affected, uh, and their national pride and enthusiasm had declined. And the people hoped that the building of a new tabernacle would result in God's blessing and God's favor. You see, they, like us, they ask God for a whole lot of things. Am I, am I right about it? Uh, they ask for forgiveness. They, they ask for healing. Uh, they even ask for salvation. But there was a problem, my brothers and sisters. Uh, you see, the problem was that the people were living in a sea of chaos. Uh, there was a sense of emptiness, if you will. Uh, uh, the space in which they inhabited was full of confusion and full of ungodly behavior. But God, in his infinite mercy, is once again trying to create something out of nothing. You know, he can do that. Do I have a witness? Uh, just like he did in Genesis. Come on, somebody. Uh, when he created the heavens and the earth, he took nothing and made something out of it. Do I have a witness in here? Uh, and so when we look at the word chaos, in its original text, we find that it means nothingness that it means void, uh, that it means an empty space, if you will. And, 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 and so God has spoken about the devouring of the land by the locusts. Uh, he talked about the lack of rain and even the plague. But he also, he also wanted to give them what was rightly theirs. But they had to hold up to their end of the bargain. 
They received an answer from God when he spoke to Solomon, telling them that, that, that the forgiveness and the healing and the salvation they, they, re, they sought after would require them to do some things. Uh, they had to repent. They had to turn from their wicked ways and continuously seek the mercy of an almighty God. And, and so, my brothers and sisters, the antidote is clear. God's expectation was and still is today that his people, that's us, y'all, his people who are called by his name, uh, those of us who are uh, a peculiar people, right? Uh, those of us who are part of a, a royal priesthood. Do I have a witness? Uh, those of us who are heirs to the throne of God would get up and do something. And not just do something, but do something. Come on and help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, if they have dishonored his name by their iniquity, they should honor it by accepting punishment for their iniquity. I tell folks all the time, if you're man and woman enough to do what you do, uh, then be man or woman enough to, to deal with what comes after. But do I have a witness? Uh, we have got to learn how to humble ourselves under his hand and pray for the removal of the judgment and seek God's face and seek his favor. The antidote had added one final instruction. It said that they must turn from their wicked ways and return to the God from whom they had revolted. You see, it was a tough antidote to adhere to, but as years passed, the people tried to add to the instruction. We always trying to add something to what God has already said. God don't need our help. Huh? <laughs> he don't need our help. Uh, he wants us uh, to be in relationship with him, but he don't need us. Help me, somebody. Uh, the, uh, the, the repented, they repented from some of their wicked ways. They humbled themselves, but not completely. And they often share their allegiance with ungodly nations while still trying to serve God. They changed the formula of the antidote to fit their fleshly desires. And then it resulted in the northern kingdom being conquered by the Assyrians and the southern kingdom being destroyed by the Babylonians. Do I have any Bible thumpers in the house? It proved that there is danger when we start changing the Word of God to fit our needs. Come on and help me, somebody. Uh, and so it is today. Uh, so before I go any further with the antidote, let me sing to this choir just a little bit about who and what God is and what He's not. You see, God is sovereign. Do I have a witness? Uh, he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He, he's omniscient. Uh, God is faithful. He's just and he's kind, and I got a plethora of attributes that I can give to him. But, but, but I also want to tell you that God is a jealous God. God is loving and he's merciful, but we need to stop getting things twisted, if you will, and we need to understand that God is getting sick and tired of our stuff. Uh, he's getting worn out with our continued disobedience, and he's saying to us, enough is enough. Uh, and God is not a man that he can lie, and he's not the author of confusion. Do I have a witness? Uh, and even while in the middle of this chaos in the world and abroad, from the White House to the outhouse, uh, to your house and even this house, uh, God is not silent just because we think he is. Even when you think that God is not speaking, I want you to know that he's in preparation. Huh? 
He is making a plan. He's orchestrating a plan. And when God gets ready to move, my brothers and my sisters, he's going to move. And, and it behooves us to get ready because when he tells us to move, we got to get up and move. Huh? We even might think it's okay. We might even ask God, you know, when are you going to put a stop to all this mayhem that's going on in the world? Why don't he just move in mightily and put an end to all this fighting on every venue? You know, but the one thing that we have to remember is the command that he told us in this 14th verse. And so here's the antidote. If, that's the first one, <laughs> that means you and me and everybody in this room who profess a faith in Christ, yes? That if we would just do some things, that he would do the rest. Uh, he made that same promise to Solomon, and he also made the promise to Solomon's father, David. Do I have a witness? Uh, but we must know that with promises also comes some work. Uh, it comes some commitments, and even comes some suffering in the life in which we live. There may be some ups and some downs, uh, but true obedience to God is what he's after. And so God said, if we do some stuff. If is the, probably the biggest two-letter word in our English language. Would you agree? The destiny of persons and families and nations hinges on this one little word. The statement was a word from God to Solomon following the temple dedication ceremony. And the temple symbolized a commitment to worship and a partnership with God. But it suggests, if suggests, responsibility on the part of the hearer. God was saying to Solomon this. He said, you are the man to carry the flame to the world. And to the nation of Israel, he told them that you are my people. And just like he told Solomon that, he's telling us that today. Um, am I right about it? We have the task of carrying the flame. Come on, somebody. Uh, the flame of God's forgiveness, uh, the flame of God's healing, if we truly believe in the God that we serve. But we've got to be hearers, and not only hearers, but we've got to be doers of his word. Do I have a witness? Uh, and just as God said to the people of Israel, you are my people, he is saying to us, the church, I'm not talking about denominations because when it's all said and done, it won't be any denominations, but he's talking about his church. Uh, he said, you are the people. And, and so when the fire... When the Holy Ghost fire, oh, y'all didn't catch that. When the fire falls on us, guess what? We are compelled to burn for other folks. And if the fire would fall on others, our heart have to burn. Do I have a witness? And can you imagine what it would be like if we allowed the Holy Ghost to show up and show out in this place? Jeremiah said this. He said, it's just like fire shut up in my bones. Can you imagine if we loved each other, if we treated each other with dignity and respect? Uh, what if we, like King, dreamed or, or better yet lived a life where no one is judged by the color of their skin but, but by the content of their character? What if, uh, my brothers and my sisters, uh, we treated all sin as sin and not pick and choose uh, which sin we think is the worst because of what we don't understand uh, or even the situation that's being presented? What if, what if we love people and learned how to hate the sin 
so that all can learn to worship and praise God together in the beauty of holiness. For the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. A.W. Towser says this, he says, Christianity is hard when we try to serve God in man's way instead of serving God in God's way. So in essence, my brothers and sisters, we must, we must stop being like Frank Sinatra, who said, I did it my way. And we got to start doing God's business, God's way. Do I have a witness? When we do it God's way, we don't look at the color of skin, and we don't look at the culture, we don't judge based on experience or lack of, but we allow uh, the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct us in everything that we do. My people, that's us. Uh, we are the children of God who have been given a covenant worthy of all the joy and the, and the suffering. And so that means, my brothers and sisters, because of that, we've got to earn our keep. It's not just about saying yes, but we've got work to do to edify God's kingdom. We have been called by our names. Is, is anybody in the house has your name called by the master? Uh, is there anyone that knows that you know that you know that you've been called by the great I am? Uh, and if so, isn't it hard to fathom with all this name calling going on in the midst of the protest, uh, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of racial injustice and the like that we hear about Breonna Taylor. Uh, we hear about George Floyd and we hear Dr. Fauci and we hear CDC and we hear votes. And we've even heard about Bertha and Laura and Marco and now Delta. We hear all these things. But have you yet to hear someone call the name of the Tryon God? Oh, y'all don't hear me. Has anyone ever marched or protested in the name of Jesus? Don't we know what happens when we call on the name that is above every other name? Don't we know that at the name of Jesus, demons flee? Oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, we're able to step on scorpions when we call on the name of Jesus. And so we have to learn how to, to humble ourselves. And you know, when we look at that sixth chapter, in verse 13, we find that Solomon showed us the proper posture of prayer. You see, kneeling, as we know, is a universal sign of submission. And when Solomon knelt down, uh, he was admitting openly that he was God's servant. But guess what? His example didn't indicate a formula of prayer. You see, Scripture shows many postures for prayer, whether it's the bowing of the head or looking up or, or lying prostrate. But it doesn't matter if our attitudes aren't right. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Uh, you see, we can put our bodies in all kinds of positions, but God looks at our hearts uh, and our minds, which holds our attitudes in check. So in essence, we can't say that we love God whom we can't see. But we hate our brothers and sisters whom we see daily. We just a lie and the truth is not in us. And we got to pray and see God face. I'm almost done. After Solomon's prayer, something happened, y'all. See, this is what happens when the prayer warriors begin to pray. So you got to know how to get a prayer through. Do I have a witness? Uh, and the only way uh, he could have gotten a prayer through was because Solomon had already established a relationship with God. Did y'all catch that? Solomon wasn't a sometimey prayer warrior. 
you know, uh, you know he, he just didn't pray when his butt was on fire. Do I have a witness? Uh, but when he prayed, church, the, the text said the room was filled with the glory of God. Why? Because he had learned how to be in the presence of God. We've got to learn how to be still and know that God is still God. And, and so we ought not to wait to pray and seek his face. Uh, we ought not wait until our backsides catch fire before we acknowledge who he is. Uh, we ought not wait to be in the presence of God any longer. We ought to do it, and we ought to do it right now. For when, uh, my brothers and sisters, we do it right now, we know and understand it's a, it's a matter of spiritual life or spiritual death. We've got to learn how to pray until something happens. And then we've got to turn from our sinful ways. Do I have a witness? We've got to stop doing those things that are contrary to the will of God. We got to stop hating on one another. Come on, somebody. Uh, we got to stop being fearful of one another. Uh, we got to stop being jealous of one another. Stop going with the in crowd. Help me, somebody. Uh, stop matriculating with our PhDs, uh, player hater degrees. Uh, oh, and hold tight to the BA degree that we have, which is the born again degree. We, we've got to love God, love ourselves, and to love one another as God loves us. That's the first and greatest commandment. Do I have a witness? We have got to live out what John Wesley said. Uh, he said, do no harm, do good, and attend to the ordinances of God. Am I right? Huh? And then guess what God said he would do? He would hear from heaven and heal the land. God was calling people from all over Israel. Uh, and, and this is the meaning of the promise that God had made to Genesis, to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And Psalms 87 envisions a time when all nations will worship God together in the temple. Can you imagine what it would be like when all of God's people got together on one accord and worshiped him in truth and in spirit? Oh, and so, my brothers and sisters, here is the promise of healing. God said if we would humble ourselves, pray, seek, and turn, that he would hear from heaven, and then he would heal the land. And isn't it nice to know that God is a man uh, that will do exactly what he said he would do? I wish I had a witness. Uh, oh, isn't it nice uh, to know that whatever God says, uh, we can take it to the bank? Uh, God said he would take care of his children, but we who claim to know him first must submit to God and to walk in a spirit of obedience uh, to his will and to his way. Um, he promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. I wish I had two witnesses. Uh, he promised that he would make a way out of no way. Uh, he promised that he would turn our dark clouds into day. Um, do I have one witness in the house? Uh, he said uh, he would provide manna from heaven. Uh, I wish uh, I had a witness. Uh, he owns cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, do I have another witness in the house. He said um, he would give us living water so that we'll never have to thirst again. That's the God that we serve. I wish I had about five witnesses in the house. He said um, he would make our enemies become our footstools. I wish I had another witness. He said he would clothe us in our right minds. Do I have another witness in the house? He said 
uh, he would heal us from all of our infirmities. Uh, he said uh, he would supply every one of our needs uh, according to his bright riches in glory. Uh, and that is a shout all by itself. Uh, all he asked for us to do uh, is to pray and seek his face. Uh, turn uh, from our sinful ways. Uh, he said, uh, then I would hear from heaven uh, and I'll heal the land. Uh, isn't that good news today? Uh, is there anybody in the house? <laughs> that needs a healing today. Uh, is there anybody here um, that is going through some hard times in your life? Uh, and you're looking for an antidote, but you've been looking in all the wrong places. Uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will. I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Jesus is the antidote, my brothers and my sisters, to everything that we need. And see, way back when, God knew that we needed a healing because every time they sent a king, uh, the folks would still do evil in the sight of. Do I have a witness? And he kept sending the king, and every single time that king came, uh, the folks still did all manner of evil. I wish I had a witness. Uh, but one day, he said, I got somebody uh, that I'm going to send. Uh, his name is Jesus. He was born of a virgin Mary. Do I have a witness? In a little town called Bethlehem. He was born in a manger. He was born that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus came down through 40 and two generations. His ministry lasted for 30 plus years, 33 I believe. And he sat at the feet of the priest because he said, I must be about my father's business. But see, God had another plan for him down the road that he would go to the cross for us. That's a shout. Y'all ought to be shouting all over this place. He went to the cross for us, y'all. I think I'll say it again. He went to the cross uh, for us. Uh, but he didn't stay there. Do I have a witness? Uh, he went there on Friday night. Uh, he stayed there all day Saturday. Uh, but early, early Sunday morning, uh, he got up. Uh, he got up uh, with all power, Holy Ghost power in his hands. He is the antidote for healing in the midst of chaos. May God bless you. May God keep you, is my prayer.